Rap this is Mac DeMarco. This next song is going out to all you rappers. Best frequencies forever. It's alright by me. If I let you 
And help me sing this song. Oh no, don't leave me hanging like a spider with no fly. Cause I'll be banging on the walls, girls, I'm too dry to fly. Oh no, don't leave me hanging like a spider with no fly. Cause I'll be banging on the walls, girls, I'm too dry to fly.
You are, this mic's rolled up, you are listening to Megan's Miscellaneous Music Hour. Um, I just played some Beethoven, it's one of my favorite pieces, um, kind of, you know, goes without saying, it's a very, very classical piece, <laughs> get it, but it's from the Romantic period. Okay, so this is Megan's Musical Mondays, or uh, Megan's Musical Miscellaneous Music Hour. Um, today I'm going to kind of try something and do something a little bit different. I am planning this show that kind of follows music before and after the quote-unquote, you know, British invasion um, and how we kind of went from the height of jazz to, you know, more four-chord rock music. Um, since it's my second show, I'll remind Uh, you guys, listeners, that I am a music composition major, so I hope to bring a lot of um, insight into music. And since it is my first couple of shows, I am just kind of laying the groundwork for how I think about these things. Um, But before we get into that, I wanted to remind you that you are listening to BFF.FM, a nonprofit community radio station located in the Mission District of San Francisco. BFF.FM sponsors music and art events all over the city, all year long, Um, and it's very important to the local music community. We have a lot of bands on um, all the time, a lot of local artists. Um, Yeah, so if you are a listener of BFF or you just want to donate to the arts in general, you know, benefit the arts, you can do so at BFF.FM slash donate. If you have a favorite show, you can mention them, um, but in general, you know, just support radio. It's a great medium. Um, and also, don't forget to check out the Facebook page. There's tons of events. Amanda's really good um, at, you know, planning those and keeping those going. So again, this week is going to be a little different. It's in a nutshell leading up to a show that I want to do next week, Um a very comprehensive show, so this, I realize I should give a little, um, you know, a little preview leading up to. So, um, in the beginning of, I guess, up until uh, recorded music, so up until, like, 30s, to be safe, uh, music was a trade. Uh, you know, if you wanted music at a party, you had to hire musicians. Uh, being a musician went in and out of popularity just in general, as everything does. You know, history is a pendulum. Um, A lot of children were taught music, uh, both as a practical skill and for fun. So I found this cool little um, excerpt. I guess I'm using an excerpt of this interview that John Williams uh, had with somebody (laughs) Um, And it's kind of about how he was raised listening to music, but I just thought it was very applicable to um, a lot of people. So I'll just play a little bit of that. At home, there was always music in the house because my father was a professional musician and he played the drums and percussion in radio orchestras in the 1930s and 40s, way back then. And we had a piano in the living room on which I practiced every day because he insisted that I have piano lessons. We liked Which that. was great. But we also had a basement in our house where there was another piano, a little older piano, which is where 
my brother who played the drums or the neighborhood kids who played the clarinet and the trumpet would come. We wouldn't go to the living room. My, my mother might not appreciate it. We had our little jam session, so to speak, in the basement of the house. One of the most profound experiences that I had as a child was playing the piano, and my little neighbor friend had a trumpet, and to discover when he played the trumpet, some of you may know that a trumpet, well, there are many keys, but usually the key of B-flat. So to play my piano music with me, I had to write the note once, get a sheet of music paper, and write for the trumpet the notes one step higher so that I could play along with him. And when that happened... Awesome. So that gets a little too into what we're talking about. So I just, you know, I I heard this interview and I really liked it because it's talking about how just kind of for fun, people were taught music and a lot of, um, you know, people of this generation, their parents could have been musicians um, leading into because of, um, again, you know, when before recorded music you'd play even to movies and stuff like that and so a lot of people were musicians you can make a pretty good living doing it for a while um so again i played beethoven's moonlight sonata he was actually one of the first uh people that was really famous in his own time uh so before that you know of course people had these ideas of life and philosophy and these evolving ideas, but then they were, you know, martyred or outcast and all that thing. And then years later, they'd be like, oh, they were right. It's pretty common even to this day. Um, box music, for example, wasn't published or studied and, or, or like nobody cared about it until 100 years after he died, which I think is extraordinary because it's one of the first lessons we learn. Um, yeah. And then once you start getting closer to, you know, 1900s, um, I want to play a little piece of Debussy's music. So I'm being very careful how I say this. In music, we learn that he was one of the first, one of the first composers to use extensions. So sevenths, ninths, sixths, uh, what we know in jazz today. Although he, there's no way he was the first one to do it. And uh, pretty soon here, we're going to get into... Um, how black musicians and black artists were learning how to write music at the turn of the 20th century as well. Before that, but, you know, in general, in mass quantities. That didn't really make sense. Um, But yeah, so he, his music started showing a lot of progress. This is getting out of, again, I mentioned a pendulum. So this is coming out of uh, the Romantic era that was very emotive music, a lot, you know, lots of fives and ones how Beethoven was um, and then Debussy started writing some really interesting stuff Um, so I'm going to kind of play that under and there's a specific part that I want to go to more in it this is very pretty I'm just going to play this for a little bit and um, just enjoy it
so that's a little bit of Debussy. Um, you know, a lot of chord clusters. He does a lot of um, whole tone stuff, which, you know, I won't get boring with the, with the uh, you know, music history here. Okay, so uh, around this time, obviously, we have uh, the development of the phonograph starting to happen, gramophone, all that, those recording devices um, and playbacks. And I wanted to play, it's pretty relevant, but I wanted to play the first ever recording again, you know, that's here. I'm sure it happened everywhere else simultaneously. And I'm, uh, let's see if it can get loud enough. Don't know what that is. Um, we have, okay. So the first recording is a woman singing Claire de Lune, uh, which is a very common, um, WC song. So let me just turn this up. that stuff so uh kind of creepy <laughs> but supposedly it was one of the first um again things to be recorded um i'm going to play some uh maple leaf rag time music by scott joplin i'm gonna let it play um you know i don't listen to this music often and it's super common and used in a lot of you know shows ads um as sound beds so do you know just enjoy this little blast from the past and uh yeah we're gonna use this as a little break
right. So that is an American classic. Um, so kind of trying to like make this linear. So we've talked about, you know, Beethoven and a romantic into Debussy, who was kind of known for starting the new sound of the century from uh, France. But we are talking about American music. So, you know, around this time, like photography was a thing. And then we start getting into the evolution into films and video cameras. Um, and so I just want to kind of discuss how much our culture has changed from artists and musicians to, you know, eventually computers, but just automation in general, you know, parties, movies, um, plays, operas, all these things required paid musicians. And you really could make a living as a musician. Um, it was very popular. It was respectable. And then once we start recording music, we kind of start losing that. And then I think it's very safe to say, like, you know, the end of it was once we were able to record music onto film and uh, kind of fuse it with the physical film, uh, the process I won't get into. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because I learned that like tens of thousands of people lost their jobs. And this is, you know, early 20th century when the amount of people was exponentially less than it is now. Um, it's really sad, to be honest, you know, obviously as a musician, unless you kind of get lucky, there's very few that make it. Um, you can make a living, but it's very modest. Uh, right now I'm playing a little bit of uh, Jelly Roll Morton. Uh, you know, big guys, pretty well-known people around this time. So I'll kind of go, I'll get into that a little bit. Sorry about that little trumpet there. It scared me in my headphones. Um, so I think I was mentioning earlier that this is around the time that uh, more than usual black musicians were uh, becoming educated in writing and reading music, which is important because around this time as well, at the turn of the 20th century, the printing press you know, that distributed um, in large quantities was... It had already been a thing, but it was, you know, just developed more and more, and it was, it's never perfect, but, you know, she music was being sold all over the country, so it was very important for, you know, black representation in this, and that's not to say that it was um, <laughs> equal in this, you know, what I'm trying to say in this country, but it was better than before progress. Um, so, yeah, you see a lot of musicians... Uh, coming out with sheet music, and so people were able to make money, although, again, um, you know, you would deal with black musicians getting paid way less um, to this day, arguably. So this is around the time. So, you know, Scott Joplin, Jelly Roll Morton, they are infamous names from this time. Um, as you can hear, we start <clears throat> playing a lot of cornets and trumpets, um, a lot of piano, which is pretty common, um, I do want to play 
uh, Rhapsody in Blue um, because I think it's a really great example of a cross between classical and jazz music. I am going to play a bit of it, so kind of hang tight and enjoy it. It's hard to... The point that I'm going to make next week is that our idea of music and um, the way we digest it and what we can kind of stand and how long has changed dramatically. And I will, um, you know, I'm going to show you specifically what happened because it's, you know, it's tangible enough to understand and you can kind of um, cut to a few moments. Of course, at this time... Uh, I don't think I have to explain why or how, but at this time, you know, all of these songs were getting really big and they're very slowly becoming staples of American culture. And um, you do have white artists immediately starting to cover these songs and sets and stuff like that, um, which we will also discuss more next week. I kind of just wanted to show you guys how important American music was at this time and how big it was getting. Um, and these were, these are huge, huge pieces. Like, you know, there's so much now that, you know, the idea of celebrity almost isn't really special anymore because there's just so many people and so much, and, uh, you don't have to be an expert or a master or really even great at something to be a celebrity for it. Um, but at this time, you know, again, the beginning of sheet music, uh, music was starting to be recorded. This is getting closer and closer to the Depression, um, as we kind of knew during the recession that, you know, how movie um, movie sales and all that kind of go up because people need entertainment when you are sad. You need a reason to live. Um, so we're still listening to Jelly Roll Morton, by the way. Just kind of have it in the background. I do want to play Rhapsody in Blue. I was um, listening to excerpts of this of it this morning, but wanted to save it to listen to the whole thing here. And just want to make sure I'm giving you all the information. Uh, since it is halfway through the show, I do want to remind you that you are listening to Megan's Miscellaneous Music Hour on BFF.FM. And I also wanted to let you guys know, if you didn't, that we give away tons of tickets all the time. And we have them listed on BFF.FM slash giveaways. We usually give out... Um, not usually you get a pair of tickets, so you can bring somebody. Uh, we have a bunch of people from air to Nick Waterhouse. Um, I've sold some really big tickets on there before, not sold, given away. Uh, so please check that out. You know, uh, I do the drafts for the Fillmore right now, and I just don't think people know about it. You know, it's free tickets, free music. It's expensive to go see shows. Uh, so enough of that little pitch. I'm going to go ahead. And maybe I'm not going to play Rhapsody in Blue. Let's check it out. Here, let me, I do want to play it. Let me pull that up for you guys. So, again, around this time, we start recording music. I always thought Louis Armstrong was one of the first um, artists to be recorded. But I don't think that's true. But also, again, you know, everyone has their version of what happened. Um, I'm just waiting for now to play on. Then I'm going to play Rhapsody in Blue for you guys. I won't play the whole thing, um, but I'm enjoying it in the studio. So, you know, kind of playing it for myself as well. 
So there you go.
All right. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. That was, I can't hear my headphones. Uh, that was George Gershwin. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Rhapsody in Blue. That was actually, um, I'm losing my train of thought, commissioned by, uh, oh, crap. what was his name, Whiteman? Uh, something Whiteman. He was a very popular, like, big band leader. I think it's really cool. I have my friend Jack here with me. Did you like that? Oh, yeah. Your mic isn't in front of you. I think it's cool. I thought it was like a, a really good cross between classical and jazz music. Do you like it? Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> I like the music. Uh, okay. So we're starting to get into more well-known music. And we also haven't played any music by women. So, of course, I got to do that before we end the show because women were just as important during this time. I'm going to use that little tagline, actually, as a uh, shameless promotion for my podcast on women's history that uh, you guys should check out. It's called She Did What? Um, It's on iTunes and SoundCloud because I was about to go into a rant about um, how there were just as many women big bands during this time, but... Obviously, they weren't as popular. And I was actually just telling Jack about how, uh, so for example, at the turn of the century, just when we're talking about jobs, that when men went away to World War One, their jobs were taken by women in uh, communities of color, mostly black men, but obviously some black women as well. And then when the men came back, they were pissed that people were in their jobs and obviously they were comfortable and especially for women and just black people in general, they finally had any kind of, um, was it individuality or was it a, I don't know. They just had their own fucking paychecks. Like women were home doing all that stuff and men were doing the same thing. Everyone in service jobs. So listen to my podcast because there were just as many women, uh, musicians, but you know, the great depression, there weren't as many jobs available. So they gave them to men and then, you know, hierarchy, white men, black men, white women, black women. Um, I do want to play Billie Holiday. This song is called Strange Fruit. Uh, one of the episodes actually talks about this song. Um, and then another episode talks about Billie Holiday um, in the context of her hiring Florence Kennedy, who the show is about to fucking protect her rights because all these white club owners uh, were trying to not pay her as much. And then also, you know, the whole drug thing. So this piece, not piece, it's called a song, because there's lyrics to it, if you didn't know. Uh, song means there's lyrics. Piece of music means there isn't. It's called Strange Fruit. And around this time, uh, oh shit, I'm forgetting who's, forgetting the first woman we did. Um, but there's somebody that wrote a book called Strange Fruit. And I'm getting you the name right now. And this woman wrote a book. She was a white woman who was challenging the, you know, moderacy of white women in the South, which was uh, very dangerous. If you're interested, checking out. Um, it's called Strange Fruit. And what it means is it's about lynching. And so Strange Fruit is the idea that there's, you know, bodies hanging from a tree and what a strange fruit that is. It's very, 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 very sad. So Billie Holiday came out with a song called Strange Fruit around the same time. There is absolutely no drama about who, you know, named their thing first 
Um, it is an interesting conversation that, you know, a black woman in music and a white woman who was just talking about the moderacy of other white Southern women, that they would both name their pieces of art the same thing, which is a very, 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 very controversial name. Did you guys know that? Either of you know that? About Strange Fruit? or You don't have to talk, but I have the Fish Brothers in, by the way. Uh, no, I, Nick had and the, Jack. <laughs> I analyzed it in high school for my theater. Really? Strange Fruit, yeah. The song or the book? The song. Oh, cool. How'd that go? It was eye-opening. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it gnarly? It's pretty cool. Ugh. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. All right, so I'm going to play Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit. Uh, very, 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 very strong uh, woman in music that had to deal with a lot of fucking bullshit. So kudos to fucking Billie Holiday. And enjoy. There's strange fruit Blood on the leaves And blood at the root Black bodies In the southern breeze Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees Pastoral scene Of the gallant south The bulging eyes And the twisted mouth of magnolia sweet and fresh then the sudden smell of burning flesh here is a fruit for the crows to pluck for the rain together, for the wind to suck, for the sun to rock, for the tree to that song just like in my head without doing something else you know cool so that's the show sorry i was late apparently carnival's happening we like were behind a funeral procession for a second it was really cute i don't know if we'd make it what all traffic on earth was coming i know it is saturday and memorial day in the city i guess that was my fault for not leaving earlier cool thanks for listening uh just kind of a recap i guess we talked about music from Beethoven, 
very, very, very briefly. Uh, Debussy, Scott Joplin, Jolie Roll Morton. Uh, I played you this really creepy, weird uh, recording of this woman. Uh, supposedly one of the first recordings. Uh, what else did we talk about? It's kind of it. Rhapsody in Blue. I don't know why I'm looking at you guys. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Billie Holiday. One of the faves. Uh, tune in next week. I'm going to make this whole show make a lot more sense, I guess, in context. Uh, we're going to talk about the pivot from classical music, uh, talking about things that matter, like what the fuck are we doing with our lives here, um, and then getting into worshipping human beings that are just like us because we think they're better, because the radio tells us that, and also specifically that they're white. But that's for next time. <laughs> but that's for another time. Um, I'm going to put on the queue. Uh, Bass Strife seems like they're coming up next. Um, yeah. Have a good Memorial Day weekend. And I hope everyone is safe. And, uh, you know, I don't. I keep looking behind me. <laughs> what are you guys doing this weekend? I guess it's already Saturday. Jack's up from Sacramento. Nick just graduated. Freedom. 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 Okay. Thanks for listening.